writing, uh, so to speak, ten novels a year through his sermons, uh, don't be upset if there's a dull chapter or two. I said, praise God, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I feel that way sometimes. Every now and then I come in and I go home feeling like I really helped you. And then there's days I go home and I thought, well, they didn't get a bit of nothing that, that I thought they would get. But I hope tonight's not that way. I really do want to help you. And uh, this has just been a, a real big thought in my heart the last two days. And so I'll try to preach it as best I can. Genesis chapter number 27 tonight. And a very familiar story here. Most of you have read this, know it, um, probably taught on it in Sunday school, something of that sort. And uh, I want to try to give you what the Lord's given me. I've preached this several times myself, and the Lord has showed me some things this week I had never uh, really seen before. So let's read one verse just to start out. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into the rest of it in a, in a little bit. Genesis chapter number 27, I want to read verse number 11. Genesis chapter number 27. <clears throat> Excuse me. And verse number 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. If I could tonight, I want to preach on this thought, Signs of the Smooth Man. Signs of the smooth man. Pray with me for me, please. Father, we do love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. Uh, Lord, thank you for the for the time we've already spent with you here today in prayer. I pray now tonight, Lord, that you would use me and fill me. I feel good in my spirit. And uh, God, I, I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, I'd have liberty. And God, most of all, that you'd have liberty, Lord, to work in our hearts through and by the preaching of God's precious Word. Lord, help us to put everything aside for a little bit. And God, to hear what you'd have to say. Lord, I pray, uh, God, that we, we would listen intently, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. And God, you're giving us a warning tonight from the Word of God. Something to help us through our Christian walk. And God, I pray, Lord, that we listen loud and clear. And God, use us. Give us power and unction for thy glory. For what you do, we'll thank you now. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Stay with me for a moment by way of introduction tonight. It is here in our text where we find the very familiar story of Esau and Jacob. We understand that these two boys are the two sons to Isaac and Rebekah. Of course, Isaac being the son of Abraham. The Bible lets you know that Esau is the firstborn. Uh, Esau is the one that's in line to receive the blessing, the inheritance that God had given to Abraham and then Abraham had given it to Isaac. And now in our text, we'll read it uh, in a little bit, we find that Isaac is at the end of the road. He's fixing to cross over and he's fixing to give uh, this blessing uh, to the first son, the firstborn, and that being Esau. Uh, may I say, now this wasn't just any kind of inheritance, uh, but this was the very inheritance that God had promised by covenant to Abraham. It wasn't just one portion, but a double portion. You'll find all throughout the scriptures when the firstborn uh, were to 
inherit their uh, inheritance. It's always to the first child a double portion. And this is the inheritance from God to, I, to Abraham, to Isaac, and it's supposed to go to Esau. But many of you know the story. Uh, my, it is here in our text where uh, we find that Rebekah and Jacob had other plans. Do you understand where we're at tonight? Uh, you know the story that uh, Rebekah overhears Isaac talking to Esau. And he said, Esau, it's about time I'm fixing to die. And I'm going to give you my blessing today. We're going to give you that inheritance today. But before I do, he said, I want you to go out yonder somewhere, uh, kill me a deer, fry up some backstraps and butter and onion. Praise God. And we're going to have us a good tenderloin of uh, 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 venison before I give you my inheritance and I cross over uh, to, to Jordan's fair land. Uh, my friend, may I say it was right then as we've already discussed and said that Rebecca overhears the conversation uh, between Isaac and Esau. And Rebecca uh, being uh, in the flesh and uh, completely opposed to the will of God, she draws up her own master plan of deception for her favorite son, which is Jacob. Uh, the Bible lets you know that Rebecca, the mother, the wife of Isaac, says, Jacob, uh, your daddy just told your brother to go out and fetch some venison. Go kill him a deer. They're going to have back straps, and then he's going to give him a blessing. Uh, he's going to give him the inheritance. So here's what I want you to do, Jacob. We'll read all this. Uh, she said, I want you to deceive your father and steal uh, the blessing. And, uh, and Jacob says, Well, mom, I mean, uh, that sounds pretty good, but uh, I'm, I'm not like Esau. Uh, he said, Esau's a hairy man. We read that in our opening verse. And he said, but I am a smooth man. Uh, may I say, without a doubt, there is much to be said here about this story. But when reading over it this past couple of days, uh, the Lord highlighted that phrase uh, in my heart when Jacob uh, replies to his mother and says I am a smooth man. Now I understand that Jacob is making reference to his physical body, his physical characteristics. He's literally saying that Esau is hairy and I am a smooth man. We all know that men, most all men can grow some sort of facial hair but some are better than others. Jimmy would be a good example if he were here tonight. Jimmy He's got a man's man's beard. Amen. It's a good one. I might could get to that point, but, but but when I start to let mine go, it gets all wiry and it looks, I'm telling you, it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. And so I got to keep her close. I, I, that's not me, I don't believe. Uh, and then you got Brother Chris. He's just now at the age of 42 starting to hit uh, where he, hey man, where he's got halfway decent beard. We called him lamb chop for about three years uh, because all he could grow is in big thick sideburns and he had a gap about from here to there and then his little chin, hair on his chin, each chin, chin, bless his poor heart. Uh, but thank God he, it's getting better. Amen. Thank God he's used, he spent a half a thousand million dollars in beard oil and he's finally got to where it's 
It ain't connected. But it's almost connected. Amen. So you've got people. Man, I understand this is a physical uh, reference. Jacob saying, but mom, uh, my arms ain't near as hairy as his and uh, my back ain't near, near as hairy as his and my hands ain't near as hairy. I'm a smooth man. Uh, may I say this, just a little side note. Esau must have been a real hairy man. You know the story. Rebecca goes out and skins the goats, friend. I mean, she skins the goats and they put goat skin and fur on the neck of Jacob and on the hands and the arms of Jacob. I mean, and, and, and Isaac, when he felt that goat fur, thought it was Esau. You're talking about a hairy fellow, man. Uh, this, I'm telling you, this is a real hairy man. That just makes sense that he's a deer hunter. Hey, man, they go hand in hand. But anyways, uh, what you'll find is this physical reference here uh, to his condition. But may I say tonight, I don't want to look at this practically. I want to look, this is the way the Lord showed it to me this week. Practically speaking, may I say tonight, if I have learned one thing throughout the years of growing up in church and then over the past six years of pastoring a church of my own, it would be this, that churches are full, slap full of smooth men. You've heard the phrase like this, you think you're smooth, don't you? Or he's a smooth talker. We've, we've heard things like that. And so we understand what that means. It's, it's, almost a, it's almost a term that labels you as a conniver. It labels you as a deceiver. It labels you really kind of like that snake that I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've made mention of that religious snake. That's what it puts you in the mind of. Uh, I'm talking about people who do exactly what Jacob does here in our text by deceiving the those who are around him. I'm talking about people who are living their life in such a way uh, that even they think they're deceiving the Lord Jesus, uh, but we understand uh, that, that they're not. Hey Amen. Uh, let me say this. People will become so deceptive and live their lives in such a way to deceive everybody around them. They'll start believing their own lies. Uh, they'll start believing they are who they say they are, but in reality they're not. Uh, people will do that. And may I say this, just a reminder that Isaac, even from his childhood all the way to this point, is, is there's no better picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we understand that. Uh, that Isaac is a type of the Lord Jesus all throughout the Bible. And here we find a smooth man uh, has set out to deceive uh, Isaac, his father, or a type of Jesus. May I say as I begin to study into this, I was reminded of a few other messages. I got to thinking what God had me preach just a couple Sundays ago about ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. And it's in that text where you got ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. They both appeared the same way. When they started, they all started the same way. Uh, there was enough oil in the lantern for the five foolish uh, to have a light. Uh, but they didn't have the oil to go with them along the journey. So of course you know uh, the story. The light goes out. The bridegroom comes. They're caught red-handed. Uh, they go out to try to fetch some oil and it's too late. The bridegroom came, took the five wives and shut the door and they said, Lord, Lord, open the door to us. He said, I can't. 
Uh, depart from me. I never knew you. And so we see all these things. God has been gearing us to this direction. I can't understand why. But I do know this. Uh, 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 all of it is for a reason. Are you listening to me tonight? I'm not God. I don't know His every intent. And I don't know His every reason for what He puts on my heart uh, to preach. But I do know this. He has uh, an intent. And He has a reason. So we all need to listen tonight uh, to what God has to say. I'm talking about signs uh, of a smooth man. Uh, may I say it is there right here in our text where we find a family who has been eternally affected by cover-up. Jacob's nothing more than a fraud. Jacob's nothing more than a fake. Jacob is a phony, Brother Shelby. I mean, I'm talking about Jacob. Uh, uh, he is the, the, the prime example of a deceiver. Uh, may I say in this particular text, uh, uh, the smooth man, uh, who is, it is the smooth man who is taking from a loyal son and a loving father. Let me tell you something. Uh, Jacob's not only affecting and hurting his father whom loves him and, and who adores him, but he's taken from his own brother. Uh, somebody ought to help me tonight. Uh, my friend, I'm here to tell you, uh, my friend, when these people, these smooth men work their way into our hearts and our lives and our churches, uh, they not only bring grief and sorrow uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but you better hear me, they affect the son, they affect the body, they affect, by the way, we are of you tonight, somebody ought to get out of your Wednesday night attitude and shout hallelujah, uh, we are identified uh, by God as the son, uh, when he looks at me, he don't see me as you see me, but glory be to God, uh, he sees me uh, as his only begotten son, I'm an heir to God, uh, but my friend, I'm a joint heir uh, to Jesus Christ. Uh, in other words, his inheritance is mine inheritance. Uh, his favor is my. Somebody ought to have tried. I mean, thank God. Ain't you glad we got that nailed down? Ain't you glad? Thank God we ain't got to walk around pondering and wondering what God thinks about us. Uh, I mean, we th ain't it something that we think worse uh, about ourselves than the God of all glory? I mean, the very one that put the sun in the, in the sky and hand placed the stars in the moon and uh, spin the earth into its orbit and spoke grass and trees and water into existence. And when he sees me, all he sees, glory uh, to his name, is none other than his only begotten son. Uh, my friend, these smooth men, uh, when they work their way in, uh, I'm telling tell you tonight, they're robbing you and me and they're hurting us, but friend, they're hurting him tonight. Isaac is affected by the smooth man. And Esau is affected by the smooth man. Uh, can I say we must reach the place, uh, spiritually speaking, where we can prepare ourselves through and by the Scriptures. Now listen, uh, prepare ourselves through the Word of God for such a deceptive culprit. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, uh, we've seen it in doses around here. Uh, but this ain't never going to stop until we go to glory. Uh, there's going to be smooth men that walk among us. Now listen to me now. Uh, it's not just important to be able to identify them. Uh, but you better know what's going to happen. Uh, what they do. How they operate. How does Jacob uh, operate?
parade as this smooth man. We'll look at it tonight. So if the Lord will help me, I want to look in our text and reveal a few truths that the Lord has revealed to me. And I want to preach on this thought, signs of a smooth man. First of all tonight, I want you to see the smooth man, number one, will adhere to the voice of the deceiver. The smooth man will always adhere to the voice of the deceiver. Look with me in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 27. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore my son, this is Rebekah speaking, she says, Obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will fill me and I shall sing to him as a, look here, first time you see this word in the Bible, deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Notice now, verse 13, the number of rebellion. And his mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother and his mother made savor me such as his father loved. I'm telling you tonight, number one, the smooth man. The smooth man will always adhere to the voice of the deceiver. May I say the motive here tonight is clear. Rebecca was out to deceive her own husband Isaac. Would you say amen right there? She's out to deceive her own husband Isaac. Jacob knows exactly what he, she wanted him to do. Even Jacob said, Mom, if I do this, I'm going to go down in the history books as being a deceiver. And guess what? He was right. Uh, he did go down as being the deceiver. Uh, it, when you look at these verses that we just read, I want to say this, the smooth man will always be following orders uh, from the master deceiver. Uh, listen to me tonight. They know in their own heart what they're doing to people. Are you listening? Uh, listen, this, this crowd that, uh, that, 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 that tries to pull the wool over your eyes and fool us and fool uh, the church. And Listen, that crowd knows what they're doing. Uh, we are shocked by it. I need y'all to help me tonight. This will this will help you down the road somewhere. We are shocked by it, but hear me. I don't care how shocked they act. They are not shocked by being a deceiver. They know they're a deceiver from the beginning. Uh, Jacob knew what his mother was doing was wrong but he listens to her voice anyhow. Uh, they know they're misdirecting. They know they're misleading and uh, misin uh, misinforming and uh, misguiding the very ones that sincerely love them. So why would a smooth man, why would the smooth man uh, go through with such a deceptive lifestyle? I'm going to tell you why. Uh, listen to me tonight. This goes for all of you. You're obeying one of two voices. 
this image that Hollywood's painted of the Lord sitting on one shoulder and the devil sitting on the other and they're both fighting back and forth to see which one you're going to listen to. That ain't how it works. You, you Listen, you've only got one voice speaking to you and if you're listening to it, whichever one it is, that's the one you're following. If you, Hey, listen, if we're not for it, we're against him tonight. And these people who are smooth men, I mean, they look the part. They smell the part. They act the part. You really believe in them. Can I tell you, friend, that when Jacob approaches Isaac, Isaac really does love him just like he was to love Esau. I mean, to him, it was no different. He knows something's up. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he still loves him. He takes him at his word. Does anybody know what it feels like to take a smooth man at his word only to have your heart broken, only to have your chest ripped out, and only to have stab wounds in your back? I mean, my Lord, it hurts to be fooled by somebody, don't it? I mean, and this is the very people that say they love you. I mean, nobody should have loved Isaac more than Jacob. Nobody should have loved Esau more than Jacob. Matter of fact, let's go a step deeper. Nobody should have loved Isaac more than Rebecca, And nobody should have loved Esau more than Rebecca. She's the wife and the mother of the two that she's deceiving. My friend, that's how the smooth man works. It's always in close corners where the devil will begin speaking to somebody and when they begin to hear and obey his voice, it don't matter how close they were. It don't matter how much love you had for them or they had for you. You better know when the deceiver starts giving orders and they're sticking around to listen to them, the very ones that are closest to you will be the ones that hurt you the worst. It's because they're adhering to the voice of the deceiver. Remember that verse we talk about all the time, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What is it? Why? Listen, we're not one another's enemies even when you do something that makes you an enemy. You are not my enemy. It's the spirit that worketh within you. Are you listening? And when people go against the grain and go against God and go against the listen to me tonight. I know it's a Wednesday night. We're hot and tired. I'm burning down up here. Uh, but listen to me. On a Wednesday night, I'm trying to help you. Uh, when people go against the Word of God, I don't give a rip what you think about them. They are obeying the voice of the deceiver. That's where you've got to draw a line. You don't know why we have to. We use this phrase a lot. We've got to break fellowship. You don't know why you have to break fellowship with people when they uh, do things to deceive. I'm going to tell you here, there's one reason. Because light and darkness have no fellowship. That's the Bible. One with the other. And they cannot go. Listen to me tonight. Anybody that contradicts this scripture and deceives you and hurts you and comes against you. And it's all because they would not do it the Bible way. You must break fellowship until they get right with God and then the fellowship can be restored but not until they admit they adhere to the voice of the deceiver. And sister right. That's what it is. It's the spirit of Antichrist that's working in people's hearts. You don't think that's right. Friend, you're blind. Your head's in the sand. I'm talking about the Antichrist. The Bible says he's always present. He's always at work. The spirit of Antichrist is ready right now to rise up and stand on a throne somewhere and deceive the world. That spirit of Antichrist is the deceptive spirit. That's why the Bible said if we was around, the Bible said it's a strong. That the, 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 the delusions are so strong that even you and I would believe 
believe a lie. I mean, deception is what the devil's done from the very beginning. In Genesis chapter number 23, when Eve said it was the devil, it was the serpent that beguiled me or deceived me. That's what the devil does for him. You all know how people are alcoholics? They were deceived. It was appeasing. It was appealing to them. At some point, he deceived them. You see every beer commercial comes on TV. It's always on a beach somewhere where the water's crystal clear and the palm trees are blowing and all the girls are uh, surrounding the guys and all the guys are surrounded by the girls and the Ferrari sitting on the sidewalk. And I mean, everybody's fit. Everybody, that's all deception. That's all a mental attraction to draw you to it. What they don't show you, and I don't know why I'm talking about it. What they don't show you is that little tall, tan, blonde-headed girl at 17 walking down the beach with a beer in her hand. They don't show you 10 years later when she's in a hospital bed dying of liver failure. And they don't show you when she goes home to her boyfriend. It used to be her boyfriend, now's her husband, that every time he gets drunk, he pulls her hair out and he punches her and he throws her out in the yard. They don't show you when they get behind the wheel of the car and they start it up and they go down the road 78, 70, 80 mile an hour and wreck and die and go to a devil's burning hell. I'm here to tell you tonight as a man of God, the devil's a deceiver. He's a liar and he's the father of it. And if you're not careful, you'll fall into the trap of the devil. When people are smooth men, they'll coax you right into deception and the deception stems from the deceiver which is the devil. It's what happens right here. It's exactly what happens here. Jacob has a choice, by the way. This is all Rebecca's idea at first. You realize that, don't you? She brings her idea to him. He could have said no. That's why point number one is the smooth man will always listen to the voice of the deceiver. He could listen just because she had the thought that does not mean this has to play out this way. But he listens. Why does he listen to her? Right here's where all church folks start turning you off. Get careful. I'll tell you why he listens to her. He knew she's in the wrong, Brother Shelby. Look at their conversation. He said, Mom, if I do this, I'm going down as a deceiver. First time you find the Lord's give me some. I hope y'all buckle up and ready to stay here for a little bit because I've got some good stuff on num- in numbers and numerology in this. The Lord showed me. But the first, the all first mention, the first time you find the word deceiver is right here, and it's meant for a son or the, 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 the loved one, the relationship, to turn on Isaac, which is a type of Christ, all right? And so he chooses to listen to this order, if you will, from his mother. As the old saying goes, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Why didn't he say no? Because he loved her. That's where most Christian people turn you off. Listen to me. You don't know why people do wrong? They love it. Come on, somebody. You don't know why people fall into sin? They love that sin. I, I, I said fall into sin. I shouldn't even said that because I don't believe in it. I don't believe you fall into sin. You walk into sin. Uh, listen to me. They ain't, they ain't, no, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, it don't say what all the Southern Baptists uh, or Mr. whoever it is uh, uh, that, that you've heard your whole life say. Well, over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, the Bible said that the Lord would not put more on you than you can bear. It ain't what it says. I don't know about y'all, but I've had some loads too heavy for me 
friend. That's why I said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He will give you a load too heavy, but one promise He made us in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 10, was this that there's no temptation. There's no temptation. There's no, t- are you listening? There's no temptation such as, as common to man that ye are not able. Uh, you can overcome that. You can withstand it. You can bear any temptation. How and why? Because greater is He that is in me than he that's in the Lord. I might, can't control every load that I get in life. I can't control every problem. I can't control every valley. I can't control every test that God deals me. But one thing I can control is whether or not I say yes to sin or no to sin. And Isaac makes a conscious decision to say no, or excuse me, to say yes to his mother and no to the will of God. Don't you think Jacob knew? Don't you think Jacob knew the will of God was for Esau, the eldest son, the firstborn, to receive the double portion? Of course he did. He's heard about it his whole life. His daddy's grew up, Isaac, telling his boys, one day there's going to come a day, boys, where daddy's going to cross over and I'm going to have to give what God gave me through my daddy. And they tell him they're after grandfather. You had a grandfather named Abraham. He was a righteous man. He was a man that feared God. Hey, boys, let me tell you what daddy did when I was your age. He carried me up yonder on a Mount Moriah and he took me up there and he was going to kill me because he loved God so much. And it was because of his faith and my obedience to my father that I'm here today because daddy took me up. I was willing to go. And about the time the knife went in the air and began to come down and I closed my eyes accepting death. The Lord spake from heaven and he looked behind him and there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And it was there that God showed my daddy that he would spare me. But not only would he feel like preaching, not only would he spare me, but he'd send that ram as a sign that somewhere down the road that the Lamb of God's going to come. He'll wear a crown of thorns. He'll crawl up on a a criminal's cross and he'll die sparing the life of the whole world and all who believe in him. You'd better know Jacob knew he was doing wrong. He'd heard about it his whole life. You better know he knew. But he made a conscious decision to listen to the voice of the deceiver. Why? He loved her. His mother. I'm going to say this, and this ain't the message, but there are going to be people you love sometimes you're going to have to look at them and say no. Because the devil's going to use the ones closest to you to try to detour you and try to mess you up. Now, I ain't saying you've got to hate them. But you've got to be spiritually mature enough to identify when the devil appears in the shape. <laughs> Excuse me. And in the form of a smooth man. It could be a church member. It could be your husband or your wife. It could be like some lay person. I don't know. But I do know this. You need to reach the place in your Christian walk with God where you can say no to people you love. Amen. Smooth man's real problem is his spiritual position. <coughs> You're following one of the two voices tonight. There's no in-between. Secondly, the smooth man. Not only will he always adhere to the voice of the deceiver, but number two, he will always appear as someone different. People that are smooth. The smooth man will always... You know what you're going to say about them down the road somewhere when God reveals them? Or they reveal themselves? They ain't who I thought they was. Why ain't they? Because they deceived you. They appeared. To be someone they were not. Are you listening to me? Look in verse 15. 
Excuse me. I've carried this cough around for two or three weeks. Verse 15. I'm trying to hurry. The Bible said, And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house. Now, let me stop right there. In other words, she went to the dirty clothes hamper. This is mama. Are you listening to me? And Esau's her son. And she goes to in the house and goes and gets some of his garments. In verse number 15. And the Bible said, And put them upon Jacob, her younger son. Verse 16. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Verse 18. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou hast bade, thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul uh, may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly uh, my son and he said because the Lord thy God brought it to me notice his speech here uh, the Lord thy God brought it to me and Isaac said unto Jacob come near I pray thee that I may feel thee my son uh, whether thou be my very son Esau or not and Jacob went near unto Isaac his father he felt him and said the voice is Jacob's voice but the hands are the hands of Esau Notice this, verse 23. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Are you listening to me? Uh, tonight, number two, the smooth man, we said first of all, will adhere to the voice of the deceiver. But number two, the smooth man will appear to be someone different. Uh, can I say this tonight? Are y'all listening to me? Uh, can I say tonight he did not deceive Isaac by his sight? Uh, listen to me, because Isaac don't have sight. Isaac is blind. That's what the Bible says. Isaac loses his sight in his older age. So Jacob does not deceive his father by sight. Uh, but here's how he deceives him. Listen to me now. I need y'all to help me tonight. Uh, he deceives him by his feeling. Uh, listen to me. Here's the kicker. You better be careful operating off the way you feel. I'm going to say it again. 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 You better be careful making decisions, approving this one or not approving this one based upon your mere feelings. That's exactly why Isaac ends up giving the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau. He was deceived, but it was not by sight. It was by feel. Your feelings will get you in trouble. I've heard it till I could vomit. I just feel like I'm supposed to move on. Look, I'm going to be straight up and down tonight. I don't care what you feel like. In fact, the matter is, friend, hear me. There's a whole lot of days I walk in here, I don't even feel safe. If I went on my feeling, I will stay at the house. I will stay in the back somewhere. I just feel like it's time to move on. You ever think that maybe, just maybe, the, the, the reason you feel that way is the devil has sent a smooth man up to talk 
God of your love. Isaac knew this wasn't Esau. Are you listening? He knew it wasn't. But he went off his stillness. You know what he said? We just read it. He said, thy voice is the voice of Jacob's, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Well, how easy was it to manipulate his feelings? They went out and killed a blessed goat and put the fur on his hands and here is blind Isaac. By the way, by the way, by the way, you better watch making a rash big decision. This is a pretty big decision to give away the inheritance that God had given Abraham and Abraham had given Isaac. And Isaac's supposed to give Esau. It's not just something you just do. Isaac didn't take the time to pray and to consider and to think about the importance of this. He made an irrational quick decision based upon his feelings. Somebody say amen. That's exactly what he done. And by doing so, he corrected the entire will of God in his order for the Abrahamic covenant. Why? He went by still. Why? I never understood when people don't know what to do while they do anything. Would it be safe to say that Isaac is confused? Huh? Would that be okay to say? He's confused? What do you mean? Well, he said that's Jacob, or that's East, or Jacob's voice. So he's already, he's, he's going two different directions in his mind. It's Jacob's voice, but it's Esau's hand. Don't ever, listen to me, don't you ever make a decision when you've got two different things going on in your heart. Amen. Because you're not stable. You're on unstable ground. Well, I'm not just, I'm not exactly sure if, if I should go there or take this job or not. Well, don't. Amen. Help me, somebody. Right. Well, don't. I, I mean, I don't know. They, they, you know, oh, so and so. He's, I mean, he's told me that the church could really use me down there, and I ain't, I ain't really getting to do a whole lot here like I thought I'd get to do. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe I've heard it, friend. I just feel like this is what I need to do. Listen, nowhere in this Bible will you find God tell you to move on feeling. It's always by faith. Faith. It's not feeling. Fact is, I'm probably at some point going to hurt your feelings. And your feelings are going to say, He's mean. Your feelings is going to say, He embarrassed me. He pointed me out. Oh, yes, I'm not making fun of you. I've been there too. I've been there too when the preacher crawled up my tater patch and started playing. And I thought, bless God Almighty. That's my feeling. Right. Let me tell you what your feeling is connected to. Amen. Yes, sir. Your faith don't operate. It has nothing to do with this. Amen. Isaac makes a quick decision because he felt with his flesh. Let me tell you something. The inner man, the inward man, the Holy Ghost, he's pretty hard to deceive. Right. But your stinking flesh is real easy to deceive. How many of y'all can look back, not to go down the memory lane of sin, but can look back to a feeling you had about this one or that one or this place or that place or boyfriend or a girlfriend to look back and say, my God, that was the worst decision I've ever made. You want to know why you made it? Because you was blind. 
You couldn't see, and it felt like the real thing. I mean, it didn't seem exactly right. It had the voice of Jacob, but it felt like Esau. I mean, I don't know. It just it feels right, and you went ahead and done it, and you messed everything up because you went off your feelings. Feelings will manipulate your life. They'll destroy you. The smooth man will always appear to be someone different. Let me tell you what Isaac does. He goes as far to turn to his senses to identify Jacob as Esau. But Jacob was so smooth, see? Let me tell you something about smooth people. They know just exactly how to get you where they want you. You don't think Jacob knew he sounded like Jacob? Well, sure he did. Don't go bet on me helping somebody say amen or oh me. Jacob knew he didn't have Esau's voice. Jacob knew that there was going to be some doubt. He already said, if I get caught, I'm going down as the deceiver. He already knew he was taking a risk. But what did he do? He targeted the disadvantages of his victim, which is in our text is Isaac and father. His daddy couldn't see him. He never got by with this if his dad could see him. Would you say amen? Amen. That's what the smooth man does. He looks for your weakness and that's what he plays on. That's how he'll come and target your feelings and your emotions. He'll look and see, oh, well, they're heartbroken, so I'm going to pull on their heartstrings. Are you listening to me? Girls, you're going to go through a relationship some point or another, you're going to get your heart broke. Just going here to tell you. Uh, it's part of it, and, and, and it's a good thing. You need to you need to go through and get your heart broken to wake you up and realize not every prince charming's a prince. Amen. Uh, but you, and you'll go through, and, and your heart will be broken, and somewhere down the line, five or six months down the road, seven or eight, whatever it is, uh, so-and-so's going to been having a crush on you the whole time. They know other so-and-so did you wrong, and your heart's broken. They're going to start trying to console you and comfort you, and they're going to do all that. And you know what they're doing? They're working on your weakness, and they're pulling your heart strings the next thing you know you fall for a Esau you find out somewhere later it's really a Jacob same way with the men that's the way it works heart strings weakness just because someone looks the part acts the part smells the part feels the part don't make them authentic smooth man may I say a quick way to sniff out a smooth man is to push the senses of the natural man to the side Rid yourself of your feelings and walk with God by faith. How are we going to get victory when we get deceived by a smooth man? You better learn from it. I keep having to learn from it. But every time I do learn something else, it's helping me. What do you say? Well, even when I restrict myself, I still open the door sometimes and allow too much to work on my feelings. You know what I find out? I found out over and 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 over again that my feelings will fail me, Brother Shelby, every time. Every time they'll fail me. Smooth men will affect you if you let them work on you by your feelings. Thirdly, this is really where I want to get to. Thirdly tonight... I want you to look with me in verse 23. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Y'all going to make it? They are. 
All right. Been headed to the hospital. All right, have it this time. <laughs> Verse 23. Verse 23. This is where, where, really where I wanted to get. This is the meat right here. The Bible said in Genesis 27, 23. And he discerned him not. Now that's Isaac talking about Jacob. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hand. So he blessed him. Who did he bless? Jacob. Thought it was Esau. Um, Verse 24. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? Now notice, he's already given the blessing, Brother John, verse 23. Then he's questioning himself. How many of y'all's ever been there? You signed the paperwork and then said, Oh, poop. Huh? Anybody ever done that? Sister Annette did. She got her big caddy. Now she's saying, I'd rather have my beat up Chevrolet. Had working there. How many of y'all's ever been there? It's what Jacob just done. He said, All right, are you Esau? Okay, here you go. Now, are you really Esau? Verse 24. And he said, I am. Verse 25. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he, it's Isaac, smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and Plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee and be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed he that blesseth thee. Of course, this is the Abrahamic covenant. It goes all throughout the line of Israel. We find this in the Old Testament that uh, those who bless uh, the nation of Israel will be blessed and those who curse it will be cursed. That's all stems from God's covenant with Israel and then God's covenant to preserve Israel and bless them in prosperity through the Abrahamic covenant. Now that same covenant has just been, the torch has just been passed from Abraham to Isaac and Isaac to Jacob thinking or supposing it to be Esau. But notice what he does. The Bible said, all right, Isaac said, all right, Esau, if that's you, he said, sound like Jacob, but you got hairy hands. If that's really you, come over here, notice this now, and kiss me, Brother Dax. Come over here and kiss. And the Bible said when, when, when Esau, yeah, excuse me, when Esau went over there and kissed Isaac, his father, that Isaac smelled his raiment. You know what he knew about Esau? He's a deer hunter. Let me tell you something. First thing Amy does a lot of times when I come home and deer hunt, she's like, Phew, "What is that smell?" I get them scent wafers and and stuff like that and then blend them. Smell like dirt, blood, sweat. Are you listening? You go deer hunting, it's not just an easy task, especially then. And so we wanted to smell of him. Well, he smelt right because Rebecca, the deceiver, went to the dirty clothes hamper and got some of Esau's clothes out and said, Here, put these on. Why she knew she knew that if he didn't smell like Esau, 
that Isaac would peg him. But I want to focus here. This is where God really... I was up almost all night last night. I was up all night last night over this one point because the Lord started showing me some things. I want you to see something with me. It is here that Jacob takes the final step requested by Isaac to seal the steel. Isaac has... Would you agree with me? Uh, Jacob has stole Esau's blessing. And this is the final step that seals his steel of the inheritance that God had given to Abraham. Jacob kisses his father with lips of denial. Now, I told you the first time you find the word deceiver in the Bible is right here. Right here is the first time you'll find the word deceiver. But brother Chris, this is also the first time you will find the word kiss and kissed in the Bible. Now if you're not familiar with the law of first mention, you need to perk up and listen right here. This is going to help you for all throughout the scriptures. Uh, may I say it is right here that the smooth man deceives uh, his not only his feelings, but he deceived his affection or his uh, attachment through affection. Let me tell you something about these smooth men. They'll not only play on your emotions and your feelings, but they'll deceive you with their attachments. You know what he thought? When Jacob kissed him, it's the kiss of betrayal. He's kissed him. It's the last step. It's the last step in sealing the steel. He kisses his father, claiming to be someone he is not. Correct? Are you listening? It's the law of first mention. So what does that law of first mention do? I'm going to tell you what it does. Listen now. The law of first mention, uh, here's, here's what it does. It will define the word. The word will carry that same meaning, principle, and or context surrounding it, if you will, all throughout the remainder of the Bible. The law of first mention will. All right? So the smooth man kisses him with lips of denial and betrayal. Uh, I said it, but they'll not only smooth men, will not only uh, deceive you in your feelings, but they'll deceive you through and by affection. Did you know this? Listen to me now. This is a little preaching Sunday school lesson, but it helped me all night. It ought to help you. Did you know this? That Jacob, the name Jacob, literally means deceiver. That is the meaning of the name. It means to tip someone by the heel. In other words, to get under someone by their heel and tip them, or to create them, to create a situation where they are off balance. That's what Jacob means. To, we, we've heard this, we've heard this phrase, to knock off balance. We've heard this, that old so and so, boy, that caught me off guard. Don't know why you were caught off guard? You were deceived. I've, I've heard this, Brother Shelby. i never seen that coming. You got, your heel got tipped. Yeah. You were standing here and you were putting your faith and trust and love in somebody and you know what you found out? They were a deceiver. They were a Jacob. They were claiming to be Esau and they not only would they, uh, did they deceive you by playing on your feelings and your emotions but even their affection. I've been told I love you preachers so much I don't know who to believe and who not to believe. I've been let down so many times. Somebody help me right there. 
How many people's told you loved you and you found out they didn't love nothing about you? They didn't love you. They didn't love you. That word is thrown around so loosely. I love you. And they don't love nothing about you. Anybody ever caught you off guard? Anybody ever left you with a broken heart and heavy legs? You couldn't hardly stand up on your own two feet. I'm talking spiritually now. I ain't getting into your love stories, but I mean on a spiritual level, have you ever just been, has anybody just ever gut punched you spiritually? You had a lot of faith in them. How did, how did they do that? Because the they that you've seen wasn't the they, they, the, the they that they were. I hate to break it to you like that, but it's the truth. And it don't make them, again, they're not our enemy. It's that spirit of Antichrist that works within them, the spirit of rebellion that works within them, the spirit of denial and betrayal that works within them. It will cause you to be caught off guard, knocked off balance because you've been deceived. They played on your feelings and your affections. You thought they were Esau, but the whole time they were Jacob. They leave you with a broken heart and heavy legs. The smooth man will always be that one that benefits from everybody else's blessings. I'm going to say that again. I need you to hear me right here. The smooth man will be the one that always reaps the benefits from everybody else's labor and everybody else's blessings. In other words, they just pop up on scene. And they just start reaping all the benefits that they ain't worked for. And they willingly accept them and you don't think nothing about it because you think they're Esau. Esau's entitled to that. See, that was his. He didn't earn it either, Brother Jim, but it was his. It was rightfully his. And as sons and daughters, if you will, in the body of Christ, when another son or another daughter comes in, I mean, it's not just us that are heir to God and joint heir. There's supposed to be an heir to God and joint heir too. So we just let them in on all the benefits God's given us that we've worked and earned and labored and, and, and sweated and went through trials for. We just freely let them in because we think they're Esau's. They didn't earn it, but they're Esau. They're entitled to it. But Jacob wasn't entitled to it. That's why it didn't, it didn't affect him none just to do whatever he had to do, beguile and, 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 and betray to get it. Now stay with me. Don't fall asleep on me. The smooth man will show more affection and appreciation to God and God's people sometimes than more than the real saints will. They'll show more appreciation and gratitude and thanksgiving to God and His people than the real people of God do at times. They will, man. I'm telling you, they're smooth. They're smooth. Let me further explain. Right here, we're going. Y'all want a quick Sunday school lesson in numerology? Because this blowed my. I'm, I'm a dummy. I wish I was smart in numbers. I love numbers in the Bible. I'm fascinated by them. I'm just not good at it. But right here, God broke it down pretty simple for me, and I want to try to give it to you. It is right here in Genesis chapter number 27 where we find the first mention of the word kiss and the first mention of the word deceiver. Now, the first time the word deceiver is mentioned in the New Testament is also found in chapter 27 in the book of Matthew when the Pharisees called Jesus a deceiver. So the law first mentioned, we find it in Genesis chapter 27, the first book, 27th chapter. Then in the New Testament, the first time you find the word deceiver is in the first book in the 27th chapter. Law first mentioned both books. 
Both chapters, if you will. Both testaments. So we find that. Now that's just a little nugget thing. But uh, it, it's there. That's the first word. The first mention. Alright. And so now within the law of first mention. You will find that the word or words. When they're mentioned first. For the first time. That is key in your Bible. When a word is mentioned for the first time, key in on it. Because whatever surrounding that word, it will carry that all the way through the Scriptures. Alright? And so, when looking at these words under the law first mentioned, we find the word kiss, and you have to agree, we've read it, is brought to the surface through and by deception. First time you find kiss, it's not a holy kiss. First time you find kiss in the Bible, it's a kiss of betrayal. It's a kiss of deception. It's a, it's, it's a kiss of rebellion. Jacob is kissing his father, pretending to be someone he's not, and betraying him and his brethren. Some of y'all already know where I'm going. Law first mention. Law first mention. So the intent of the kiss from Jacob to Isaac was to seal the steel. To show affection as the son of Esau to a blind father who had already been betrayed. Now, if you'll notice this in verse 26, the Bible said, Genesis 27, 26. And his father said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. Again, Isaac is always a type of who? I got two of you that know what I've been saying for the last hour. Isaac is always a type of who? Jesus. I mean, what better picture of Christ do you have? When Abraham took him up, was going to offer him on the altar, and then he was spared. It's a picture of the death, burial, and the resurrection. He got up and come off the mountain. That's, I mean, Isaac is a real type of Christ. And now here he is. He's been kissed with a kiss of betrayal. Law of first mention. May I say, like, uh, like Christ, Isaac had a supernatural birth. Abraham and Sarah were old. I mean older than dirt, friend. So old that when God told them they was going to have a kid, they laughed. They laughed at themselves. They were too old. Mary, of course, you know, supernatural birth of Christ. Like Christ, Isaac was offered on the altar. So we see without a doubt that he is most definitely a type and a picture of Christ. So in the first mention, stay with me, Sunday school lesson. But in the first mention, the first word, the first time you find the word kiss... It's a kiss of betrayal. And the law first mentioned, what I say it does, it carries that same principle meaning all the way through the Scriptures. You'll find it again. It'll resurface and mean the same thing. It's right then, when I realized this last night, it was right then that I seen what God was showing me about this smooth man's kiss. He's kissing him with affection. May I say this falsified affection is not only a kiss of betrayal and denial here in our text, but it carries the meaning all the way through to a man that we know as Judas Iscariot. The smooth man connects himself to the bride and to the father through and by his affection. Listen, you've got to be careful. Be smooth. Men will convince you there's something they're not. They'll even kiss you, so to speak, with affection. I've said it so many times when I preached that, that series on the apostles. Them other boys didn't know who it was. When Jesus said, there's one of you going to betray me, they began to say, who is it? 
Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? And then John the Beloved said, Lord, who is it? Thank God he was separated from them. But he said, who, who is Even John the Beloved didn't know. That would tell you how smooth Judas was. Are you listening? He's a smooth man. Alright? So, the smooth man connects himself. Turn with me now. I'll be done in a few minutes. Go into the book of Matthew. And bring all this to a head here. Now, don't it, listen, don't go to bed on me. This will help you if you'll let it. Matthew chapter 26. I'm talking about signs of the smooth man. Number one, what do we say? He will always adhere or listen to the voice of the deceiver. Number two, he will appear to be someone different. And number three, he will affectionately deny, uh, betray you and deny you through his affection. Matthew chapter 26, are you there? And it is here, let me give you the context before we start reading, that Jesus has been in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's prayed, the Bible lets you know three times, till sweat has turned to blood. He's asked God to let this cup pass from me, not my will but thy will. And God has dealt him the cup. He's fixing to go to Calvary. 